Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, a show where we talk about all things goalies and sometimes a little bit science. Presented by Resilient Hockey, your premier hockey rehabilitation experts, I think. I'm Ben Cernick. I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, Ben. We are the premier rehab experts. Uh, although, you know what we do need to make us more premier is a intro song. <laughs> I feel like yeah. all good podcasts have an intro song. That's not true. At all. But it also, I, mean, I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if the people at NPR are listening, um, send us your... I listen to a bunch of NPR podcasts, and a lot of them have theme songs. Yes, I was saying we'll get the people over at NPR to uh well the people over at the at the indicator to give us their theme songs. So although NPR did cut a bunch of podcasts and one of them was one of the ones I like, Louder Than a Riot. And kinda bummed about that, but no one's here to listen to us talk about public radio. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Jamie. Today we're going to talk about something that I think is interesting. And I hope you think is interesting. I think you'll have a, a personal say in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a question that people naturally want to talk about and want to bring up. So hopefully today we're going to dive into a little bit of some specific things, but also blend that in to hear about your experiences, um, especially as it pertains to what we're talking about today. And what we're talking about today is, is the American Hockey League a good place for goalies to develop. So Jamie, before I talk about anything, before I talk about any background information, tell us, did you play in the American Hockey League? I did. I did, Ben. <laughs> How long, Jamie? Give us a little, those who don't know, if somehow you've been listening to this for a little while and you don't know that Jamie played in the American Hockey League for the Mantle Moose, now's your chance to find out more about it. Jamie, go ahead. I played for two years. I was up and down for most of those two years uh, between the East Coast League and the American League. Um, I don't really know. I'm sure Ben knows how many games I played. Statistically, I was above average. No, I was about average. I don't know if I was above average. I was about average. Whatever my goalie part, Comrie, I, we had about similar numbers. Um, no, I didn't get a ton of wins. Um, yeah, I did play. And I think, yeah, I know that you're looking right now for those answers, but I think 
in terms of your question, is the American League good for goalies? And I think the answer again is it depends. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to ignore you saying it depends. But for those who are immediately curious, Jamie's first year, 11 games, 906 save percentage. We don't talk about goals against average. Jamie, that's pretty good. Um, Manitoba Moose, second year, 27, 2018, 16 games played, 912 your second year. Jamie, those are good numbers. Congratulations. Hey, thanks. Yeah, they didn't don't mean anything now, so that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's anything to take away from this is that uh, maybe numbers aren't the whole story, unfortunately, right? So, uh, to actually, ben, I, you you brought you brought this up to me, so I'm yeah. curious to know as, as someone who didn't play in the American Hockey League and someone who is very good at stats, why is this on your mind? Okay, so. To give people a little bit of background, there is a couple of things. So one, there's this idea that goes around and a lot of people hear this. You hear it in the goalie world. You hear it in just the hockey world is that goalies take longer to develop. Jamie, have you heard that before? I have heard that before. I've also heard the average age of a starter is what, like 28? Yeah. So, and what's interesting is when you start looking and I say start looking, but there is, um, I've referenced this before. Uh, but the Hockey Viz website, Micah Blake McCurdy, um, is a public hockey analyst, hockey statistician, whatever you want to call him, and has done some work on this idea of aging curves. So like what year of age is a player the most valuable? And it's always really interesting for forwards and defensemen. It's a lot younger than you think it is. You get your most average value out of a forward defenseman like pretty early in their career, like 22, 23. Um and the reason that is, is a lot of guys don't stick around in the league, right? Like players get their chances a little bit earlier than goalies. And so they play a couple seasons. They're up and down in the AHL, NHL. And then Jamie, as you're, as you know, a lot of times guys get tired of that pretty quick and they're off to the Dell in Germany or they're on to the SHL where they can have more reliable pay, more reliable hockey, um, just a different lifestyle, right? And we see that yeah. all the time. You, there's lots of people who have 100 NHL games on their career who have three, 400 European games on their career as well, right? That's just natural. Um, some people you might even remember as like, oh, I love that player when he played for X team. When you go look at their page, you realize they only played 100 games for that team and then they've, they've left the NHL. But tying this all back in, so players a little bit earlier, but, but when you look at this work, we see that the goalies are most valuable or provide their best value to a team in terms of performance at the age of around 26, which is interesting to me. Um, and the reason I think that is, is it ties into that earlier question where people say goalies take longer to develop. But I think, like you said, most guys just don't get a lot of chances before then, right? Like we, you rarely, rarely, rarely will ever. When's the last time we saw a goalie under the age of 20 play a game in the NHL? A game. Can you think of one off the top of your Marc-Andre Fleury? Is it Fleury, the last one? Fleury. How old? Di Pietro was grabbed at a junior. Yeah, but how, like, should we, I mean, we could just look it up. <laughs> we could look it up. Right, but like off the top of my head, this could have been a question that we could have looked up, but it's it's not, it's traditionally it's not often. older. Yeah, it's not often, right? It's Again, and there's less goalies drafted. There's, there's less spaces on a roster to play a goalie. Obviously, only a goalie plays a game, and so that plays a factor, but... We've, we're entering now multiple seasons in a row where there's been over 100 goalies who have played at least a game in the NHL. So this idea that we're not, you know, there's not enough chances or not enough opportunities for people to play at least a game, that is changing, mm -hmm. right? But the biggest problem we see is like, well, where do you put your team's goalies 
if they're not in the NHL. And well, it's the AHL or it's the ECHL unless they're a college goalie that you can leave in college or they're a European goalie who has a contract on a team that they're willing to to stay with. But even then, sometimes teams want to bring them over, right? And so this ties us getting back into the AHL because that's a lot of the time where you're, you're going to put your guys, right? It makes sense. Or they're going to the coast and Jamie, you also played in the ECHL. How is that as a goalie? It is way harder than the American League, surprisingly. <laughs> Most people don't understand that, but it is uh, significantly more challenging as a goalie to adjust and read. But I think the one thing that I want to I want to make sure we stay on the path here is, although I played in those leagues, this isn't an N equals one discussion. This isn't just because I didn't, you know, play in the NHL that all of a sudden the American League is bad for development because that's, you know. I think Ben and I are going to disagree on this this topic, um, but I think I just want to I want to preface preface that. And so I know Ben's going to have some some stats to back it up. But when it comes to my question to you, Ben, is mm-hmm. do you have any data that shows do goalies actually get better in the American League, or is it just mainly opportunity with an NHL team? And you already these goalies are already good. They just play in the American League because they have to because there's no spots, and then if they're giving an, given an opportunity, they just play the same, and that's still the same caliber that would have been you know in the American League or the NHL. It's just the same thing, just different league, and that's what I'm curious about. Well, let me. So I yeah, I have some numbers pulled up. This is some preliminary stuff. This is nothing in depth at all. So today's gonna be a really superficial glance at it. But let's start with this, Jamie. I'm gonna give you goalie A and goalie B. All right, goalie A. 33 games, 2.63 goals against average, 9.11 save percentage. Okay. Okay. Goalie B, 35 games played, so two more, 2.64, so 0.01 goals more per game, and a 9.11 save percentage. So the exact same. Do you care who you take superficially looking at that information? Does that matter to you? No, it shouldn't, right? Well, one of them's Dustin Tokarski, and the other one's Jesper Wallstead. You take Jesper Wallstead. You take Jesper Wallstead, yeah. I mean, I would say the Minnesota Wild are pretty, pretty happy with their goaltending situation considering Fleury and Gustafson are having an absolute tear in the second half of the season and then they have Jesper Wallstead in the AHL. But the reason I introduced that as like the first thing is, Jamie, do you know how old Dustin Tokarski is now? He's an 87. Is he? Yeah. Oh, 89, 33. Same time. Eighty-nine. Either way, but Dustin Curse, yeah. guys played a bunch of NHL games, um, eighty of them, in fact. But he's again, you have him playing thirty-three games in the AHL this year, right? That's a thirty-three-year-old who's been up and down in his career, who's taking, who's who's occupying a roster spot on your AHL team. Yeah, right. And so the reason I introduced that is in my head, if you are an NHL team that has a, a, a affiliated AHL team. Your goal, especially on the goaltending front, should be giving your younger guys an opportunity to develop, right? But we run into this issue of AHL teams are businesses too. They need mm-hmm. to, they also need to win. And Dustin Dukarski is objectively like a, a qualified, pretty good goalie. Like that, that there's this is no slight on him in any capacity. Um, but that kind of raises the question when you start looking throughout the league as well, right? Now at the top of the AHL, this league, you're hearing names like Dustin Wolf and Joseph Wall. I think both of these goalies are excellent. I think. Joseph Wall in the NHL has been really good. I think the fact that Dustin Wolf hasn't played any games in Calgary this year for the Flames is potentially 
less good. But it's again, it's the argument is that he's young, but you know, Dustin Wolf is probably the best goal in the AHL right now. And the Flames are batting for a playoff spot and there's apprehension to give a young guy a chance. Right now, is it because like we gotta wait and hold on to him or he's not ready? I mean, he's got a nine thirty-two in the AHL. He's had like a nine twenty-five or greater in like the last five seasons of his life in the WHL and the AHL. Mm-hmm. Like he's I don't know what else he can do. And we you've talked about this, right? You talked about this with in, in other podcasting settings where sometimes there isn't anything you can do. You can literally you're just stuck being told where you're going or what you're playing, how you're playing, right? But as you keep chipping down the list pretty quickly in Hershey this year, Hunter Shepard, he's a 95. He's 27, turning 28 this year, right? But I don't know the right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the time I had. You might know that better than me, actually. I think he's um, a Duluth guy. Yeah, he was. His last season was 2019, 2020 in Duluth, right? But he's another guy. He's been AHL, ECHL since 2020, 2021, which is obviously an impacted season to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he's 28. Like, what's the window there for getting... He's got zero NHL games, mm-hmm. right? But he's having a pretty good season. You keep going down that list. You got Jonas Johansson in, in Colorado. He's turning 28 this year, too. He's played NHL games, though. Johansson, how many games has he played? Uh, he did not do very well in his games. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I mean, because he was with yeah, Buffalo he's... and then Colorado, and then he's but back with Buffalo. Yeah, uh, he's in Colorado again. He's with the Eagles. Oh, he's got three games, three games with the Avs this year. But yeah, he's twenty eight. He's played thirty five NHL games. Right, like it's one of those things where how much runway is there? Because um, there's always younger guys coming up, and that's just the reality of it. Right, mm-hmm. and this this kind of list keeps keeps kind of chipping away, and there are some young guys. But again, like Joey Decord's on this list. Right for the top AHL performing goalies too. Now Joy Decord's got some NHL games as well, but he's a 96. He's turning 27 this year. Right? It's like it's it's we have this issue where if you're like a second or third round NHL pick and you're coming from the Canadian Hockey League, right? You're coming from the O or the Q or the WHL. You you can't play after 20, 20, 20 like your 21 year old year, and most guys don't stick around who are drafted for that OA year, anyways. So they need to go find a place to play. So if you're a team that selects one of those guys, um, you need a spot for them, right? And I think in the AHL right now, you have a lot of these guys who bounce up and down, and that might be a really important role for an organization to have that bounce guy, that guy who can play six, seven games for you, um, who's in you know his late 20s or early 30s. That might be what your team needs. But I think inherently that guy's going to play a bunch of games in the AHL and then that might bump one of your young guys down to the ECHL. And as you mentioned, like, I think the ECHL is a really hard league to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For all what you've told me from what others have told me, it is a hard league for goalies. It is unpredictable. There is uh, offensive focus for most players on the ice, including the defensemen, because they're looking for points too. So my initial interpretation of this is there's just a lot of still, what I would say like past that 26 year old, NHL significance peak in the AHL playing lots of games playing a little bit up and down and I don't know how good that is for development I don't that's where I'm at Jamie what what are are teams supposed to do with these goalies is the ultimate question so I think the best case scenario for most goalies is when they sign with an NHL team that NHL team is bad for a few years because the more the more the team does not make playoffs the more opportunities you have to play. 
But let's just say you are a top-tier goalie and you have been signed to a top-tier team with two bona fide NHL guys that are on long, long deals, like a Vasilevsky type of deal. And the backup is someone who's a team guy, supports, you know, who's their backup right now? Brian Elliott, been around for forever. You know, uh, will he ever be a starter again? Probably not, but guys love him and he's a good guy and you know what you're going to get. But if you're a high goalie draft pick and you're playing in Syracuse, what what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to get traded? Like it's, I think it's people often get caught under the assumption that just because you're a high, high like quality prospect, that everything is going to be okay and you're going to get thrown in the net like Carter Hart or Carey Price or Mark Andre Fleury. But it's really, really not the case because it's not, it's not as if you know three, four goalies rotate every single night like they do in baseball. It's you have one guy who's the starter. Maybe you have a 1A, 1B, and then the GMs are like, well, he's not ready. What does that mean? Oh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to like shell shock him or or break him in too early. Well, what does that mean? Um, There's all these things that come into play that we can't really quantify because to to be be frank, a lot of them are dumb. They're not not the GMs. The reasons that these things happen are dumb and they're uncontrolled. They're dumb because they're uncontrollables. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where you just, you're like, you just shrug your shoulder and go, well, that's dumb. And it's tough. It's tough for goalies because there's always yeah. new goalies coming in. And then you have guys like the, the Picards, the Tukarskis, the ones that are career AHL guys that haven't gone to Europe that take up a roster spot in the American league because teams know what they're going to get. And if they need to, su- if they need to call someone up, they know and they need to play some games. You know how Dustin Katarski is going to go. You know how Picard's going to play. Like, you know how these guys, the Michael Hausers, you know how they're going to do. So it's like, do we start with something new or do we go with old reliable? And it's it's hard. It's a very yeah. hard decision for GMs. And it puts a lot of goalies or almost all the goalies in hard situations. Well, Jamie, you mentioned... First of all, I, I agree with you entirely. I don't, I have, this podcast is not about having answers because I don't have any. There are no, there is, <laughs> someone's listening to the very end. Thanks for listening. But there's going to be no answers. It's just it, the, the age, it's not the, the question isn't, is the AHL good for goalie development? The question is, what do we do with all these goalies? Yeah. Well, so here's my, so here's where we go from here, right? You brought up the Tampa Lightning. You brought up their goalie situation. They have Andre Vasilevsky, who actually kind of had a bad game the other night, last night. So we're recording this on Thursday. He let in a goal from like the half wall below the the hash marks, no screen, no tip. So like mm-hmm. on the wall below the hash mark short side, like he just got beat so clean. Shorts, it was, I, I've never seen him letting a goal like that. Doesn't matter. But an example in, in Tampa Bay, Jamie, do you have any idea who has played the most games in Syracuse this year? First year? No idea. It's Max Lagasse. He's your age. Oh. Yep. I didn't know he was still playing, to be honest. I remember him when he was in Texas. He's in Syracuse. 37 games played. Not having, admittedly, a great season. Um, 335-887, but that's pretty superficial. Right? That's not really a deep dive in anything. Um, but in this is the exact thing. And this is where maybe this is part of the answer, too. 
is is getting goalies in, but the the goalies played the second most games in Syracuse is Hugo Almfeld. He's twenty one. Mm. He's played thirty one games in the AHL this year. It's a third round draft pick from twenty nineteen, and so maybe again. So now you have a guy who's who's he's having a pretty good year. Thirty one games played, nine ten save percentage. Um, but you have a guy like maybe the whole point is you only play you know thirty five forty games, right? Maybe that is a very intentional thing. Like the AHL approaches, you know what. 40 games will be good for the development for our goalie, for our young goalies. Get him used to the American game coming over from Sweden. I've heard that be a thing that's been talked about, about, about uh, Askarov and Wallstead is, is the adjustment to a North American style game. And so maybe that is the right approach, but at the same time, again, it's right. Like maybe, I don't know, there's, I don't know people's mindsets in, in the professional ranks all the time, but I think a lot of the time you want to play more. Am I wrong to say that? Like, if Jamie Vice said you could play thirty games or fifty, which what, what would have you rather have done in your situation? Seriously, 50. yeah, yeah, right. Like, I think, I think if you want inherently, when you think about it, like more games to a certain degree allows you to showcase you, yourself, right, and allows you to, in theory, develop, right? Because we talked mm-hmm. about, we've talked about this in our previous podcast where you can work on reading and anticipating plays and the components of those plays, but you don't see the sum of all those parts unless you see them in games at full speed, right? We have talked about this. I think we're both on the same page for that, right? So there's probably this magic sweet spot of how many games encourages development, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also the same time, like there's, okay, you have a 21-year-old goalie. You don't want them first season in North America. You don't, or second season in North America. You don't want them to get hurt. So you don't, you know, you play in less games because you're less likely to get hurt if you play less. And so there's probably this sweet spot here. But again, I, I don't know what that number is, right? Like, is 20 games, is 20 AHL games enough for a guy to develop over a season? I mean, my answer is probably no, especially you play, what, 74 in the American League? Don't call me. I have no idea. Something around that, something around the 70s. Um depending if you're in the California division, then you play less. Um, if you have, let's just say 70, you know, 70 games and you have two solid goalies on NHL deals, you can divide that equally by two to get 35 and 35 and allow both to develop. Now I know it's a business as well. You need to win. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough because we talk about development for young goalies a lot of it comes from you know experience and i do think to a degree that exists for high level goalies as well but my thing is that i think a lot of these guys that are nhl caliber goalies are stuck in the ahl are not actually getting better they're already at their highest caliber they just haven't got the opportunity and so Mm -hmm. it they're just split playing they're playing in the american league and, and they're maybe they're getting a little better and maybe they're getting worse. Like, it's hard to tell. Yeah. But they're already at almost their highest potential. I think very rarely do we see a goalie who, you know, maybe starts in the NHL, even starts in the NHL as a rookie and gets better and better and better. You know, mm-hmm. you start in the NHL, you send a, if you stick around, you send to be pretty good. Like Shosturkin or Sorokin start when they got to the NHL. They've been pretty good. They also came from playing professional hockey right and that's where i think there's also that and this is a you know the conversation we saw you know recently devin levi's made the jump straight from college to playing some nhl games with no ahl games in between he's 21 i think he turns 22 this year um that's a big jump right i would argue that going from the ncaa to the nhl 
is a very big jump. Yes. Um, right. But again, it makes sense for Buffalo's situation. Truthfully, I'm, I'm happy he's playing there. I think if mm-hmm. Buffalo puts him in the AHL next year, I think that's a huge red flag. Like, I don't think there's any reason. But that's what I mean. Like, but that's what I, yeah, but they shouldn't. <laughs> Why, right? Like, what, what does he have? Where do you have better resources? In the NHL or the AHL? Yeah, the NHL. Right. Where you have, you're treated better. Um, you have more access to, to everything. Again, Jamie, there, I know there's a big difference in practice time, like physical practice time between the ECHL and the AHL, correct? Like you practice more in the ECHL than you do in the AHL. Am I wrong to say that? Depending on your team. But yes, there have been times where every practice was two hours in the East Coast League. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different conversation. Um, <laughs> right? But like, so that's what I mean from a development standpoint, right? Like it's it's games, opportunities, it's what you think you need to develop. Is that working with your goalie coach or goalie sessions or availability? Again, like some ECHL teams don't have a goalie coach, right? Most. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if so, and again, like most, a, I would say all AHL teams, I don't have a fact check on this. So please fact check me. All hash. There's no way that. Yeah. There's no way they that, don't. Any, every NHL team's got a development guy. There's none of them. Right. There's no way any of them don't. Yeah, right. And again, I've known some guys who've worked for the Marlies over the years. And so that's where I'm coming from. Like, well, they've, they've always had a goalie person. Mm-hmm. But like, again, even tying this back to this, right? Like, I'm looking at this top 10s games played list. And there's a lot of young goalies in the AHL who are in this top 10s for games played. I think that's great, right? Dustin Wolf, Yaroslav Askarov, Joel Hofer, Hofer, I don't know how to pronounce his name, having a great season in Springfield. Um, mm-hmm. He was a bit of a later round pick. I'm excited to see him succeeding over in Springfield. But number four in the AHL for games played is Louis Deming. It's been around for a while. He's been around for a while, right? And good goalie. I think mm-hmm. last time I looked at his stuff, he's played. He's been in the NHL for eight seasons. Let me let me fact check myself here. Yeah, eight seasons. He's been associated with it with time in the eight on an AHL uh, NHL roster, right? But again, you've got him. You know, you got him playing forty three games in Hartford, right? And again, now. For the Rangers situation, like, okay, now you know some, who you have when you're bringing up then, right? But what is what does that say for your long term, right? There's no guarantee that Shesterkin re-signs in a couple of years when his contract comes up, right? Do you hope you just play the free agent market? Like, I think there's just, these are just some considerations that I have lots of questions about. And I don't, I wish I had more data, truthfully. I wish I had a, a better way to answer this question. But again, there's just, goaltending is complicated. And I think you see a lot of guys split time between the AHL and the ECHL, not much different than you. And it's such a jarring experience that you've spoken about before. But like, there's times where that transition pieces and spending time in one spot and another can't be helpful for development. And right, this is not about your experiences, but I think yours do speak to what a lot of people would say the same, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's 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 really it's really tough and it comes down to opportunity. Really, you know, say like Dustin, like Dustin Wolf, who I think is a very, very good goalie, doing well in the American League. Um, they have uh, Vladar and they have Markstrom, two pretty solid goalies. Not a lot of opportunities. And then you look. I'm sure he's looking at someone like Devin Levi, who's like, and he's probably like, what the heck? Yeah, how come he's now he's based he's their starter now for their probably the rest of the season. And so and it's like and yes, did he have to earn it for sure of that that first start and the second start, but he was also given that opportunity. 
And so if it's, there is no rhyme or reason. And that's why I'm all, I've always said, like, if you get, you sign to a team, you want it to be a bad team, sign to the worst possible <laughs> hockey team that you can go to because the likelihood of you getting games is high. And that's like, that's really important because all you need is that opportunity. And now Devin, Devin Levi, even if he struggles for a long time, he'll consistently be able to get contracts and earn possible opportunities because he took advantage of the opportunity he gets. Maybe Justin Wolf never gets a solid shot in, in Calgary. And then he signs somewhere else. And then he signs in, I don't know, Seattle. And Seattle's really good. And he doesn't get a fair shake there. And then you just never know. And it's it's so hard and there's so many things. And then people will be like, oh, well, Justin, Justin Wolf never panned out. Like, no, he just never got an opportunity. Yeah. Like, and again, I think it's, and on like the same thing you said, right? We saw Jet Greaves get a start in Columbus the other night, mm-hmm. right? Jet Greaves is undrafted, played with the Barry Colts in the OHL, um, had some like pretty decent seasons there, was one of the goalies who was impacted most or in that age range impacted by the COVID year in, in Canada. Um, but yeah, plays 39 games in Cleveland so far this year and gets an NHL start because Columbus has had a really, a really tough goalie situation if you really want to break down what's taken place in the Columbus organization over the last year. Um, which is again like a pretty horrific thing. And if those who don't know what happened to to one of the Columbus goaltenders, um, you can go read about it. But again, there's no way that like Merz Linkus wasn't impacted severely by that event last year and his situation this year. So like, but again, like how do you predict any of that to happen? But now there's someone like Jack Greaves who you know those things don't happen. He's probably in the ECHL this year, mm-hmm. right? And they traded Corpusalo, right? Like Columbus basically moved or had something take place with with three goalies and now you have a guy who gets an NHL game right does that say anything about AHL development or is it like you said is it are guys just they are what they're going to be and they get an opportunity they don't and it might even be as cut and dry as that or it might be a mix of both and you know we always say it depends here but the answer is it probably is a mix of both yeah I think a lot of it comes down and then we talk about this We've talked about this too, and, and we'll get into it more when when you present your your major junior data and your OHL data. Is I think, I think a lot of I, I think a lot of these leagues aren't meant for development. The development is done privately by the player and really their private goalie coach over the extended period of time on whatever team they play on. Um, although I am biased, and I would say that there is a sort of development model in college. Although the lack of games does make it really tough too. I, I, I wonder that all the time um, is like, is it better to take a guy in like the NHL draft who's going to go to college at a good college program? I want to make that clear. At the like Michigan Tech. Yeah. Like the Michigan Tech University. <laughs> um, right. But I think there's lots of guys who can go to programs and, you know, you, who are not going to have great opportunities. Right, they're still a great goalie. They're a Division One quality goalie, um, but just because they're going to have like a place to play for four years, in theory, doesn't guarantee development either. Right, but it's like, would you rather have that person have a secure place to play with a, a level of hockey that will likely stay the same, or do you again run into the issue of like, well, we don't really have a spot for him, and then we signed a guy, and then we traded for a guy, and then we bumped someone in our system, and now you're an ECHL goalie, even though you're a third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And there's countless stories of people who are are good goalies, and and you just get lost in the ECHL AHL shuffle. 
And it's just a reality of the position and a reality of the sport. Right. And it's, yeah, it's tough. And it is like, that's the way it was, you know, sports and life and all these things, you know, sports replicates life and vice versa. But I think in not to look at this in a completely nihilistic way, but a lot of times it, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. And sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are. It just, you, sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. And that, and that sucks. And that yep. sucks. And so uh, someone spoke to me because, um, I got a lot of good, good reception from the, the, the slang and the biscuits pod I was on with Trav, where I just talked about some of the realities of, you know, of minor hockey and trying to minor pro, I mean, and working your way up and stuff. And I think it's a really important for a lot of goalies just to understand and build a lot of the mental tools needed that if they want to do this, it some, for most, it's a long haul. Some guys just get, you know, they do in reality, get hand, get it handed to them. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, they're right. And that's just life. But for most, it's a long haul. And I think if you're a goalie with this opportunity, an opportunity, be prepared for a lot of frustration and a lot of emotional highs and lows and play the long game. If you really want that opportunity, play the long game. Like someone like Michael Hauser, I mean, who knows if we ever get back in the NHL, but he was in the Coast American League for a very, very long time until he got his opportunity over the COVID years. And that's, if he'd went to Europe, he never would have got that opportunity. And not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with going to Europe, but just prepare yourself that sometimes things don't go as, as well as you want, regardless of the kind of prospect you are. So if you develop mental, the mental tools to be strong and grind through that, I can give you, I can tip my hat to you because you did the work and the preparation mentally to possibly set yourself for an opportunity. Yeah. I, and I think that's kind of a nice way to, to really kind of transition to the end of it here. I'm going to end on one thing that I think is so interesting, which is the Picard brothers as a, as this concept of development. And like, so, so for those who don't know, Chet Picard and Calvin Picard, first round and second round NHL draft pick goalie brothers pretty cool like it's a pretty cool That's story cool. um right but but check goes first round in nashville in in 2008 he got one year in the ahl and then they sent him down to cincinnati in the coast he's is he still playing in the dell he's still in the dell for the Grizzlies wolfsburg um, oh no i'm so sorry he didn't play this year he's retired oh hmm. he played last season um, but yeah, he got one year in the AHL. Um, you know, he had like an 892, um, played 36 games, and then he gets sent down to Cincinnati, where again, I don't know, this is Cincinnati 12 years ago, so admittedly a long time ago, but um, has a tough go of it there. And two years later, he's in Sweden, <laughs> right? And then you kind of look at, and it's interesting you say there, you talked about like, do guys grind it out? Do they keep pushing? You look at someone like his brother Calvin, who has 116 NHL games. So let's be clear that's a different story. But he's got 314 AHL ones too. A lot of games. It's a lot of games in the AHL. And you know what? Again, he's got 153 career wins over 11 seasons with a 913 career save percentage. Um, I mean, 
He played 43 last year in Grand Rapids with a 918. He's played 35 this year in Bakersfield with a 910. Like it, it's one of those things. Obviously, again, he's 30 years old, right? He's turning 31 this in nine days. Happy birthday, Calvin Picard. Um, you know what I mean, though? It's just yeah. like it's it's these situations that I think are so interesting to me because what like what we do again it's opportunity mixed with with what teams see and who teams draft and who teams get traded and the miscommunication or or intentional communication that occurs within a team system right we just shouldn't expect anything from bullies we shouldn't expect them to be the best that they can be but if if they pan out perfect and if they don't they don't and i think pot like based on this is it I, like it's just so like it's like how did how did Devin Levi get an opportunity he just got an opportunity because Buffalo hasn't been that great and they needed him and they've thought injuries and like guys like UPL haven't been great and they have Anderson who is you know is getting it's been and Conry had a it blew up his knee and so like now you have opportunity. Devin Levi yeah. yeah now you're Devin Levi and that's awesome for him and there's so many other goalies like again the Dustin Wolf guy's been grinding it out having a great holy no opportunity and so maybe, maybe it's time for people like people, I meaning everyone not involved in organizations, so like fans, to just, just, just relax, and relax. Don't you don't have to expect all this from your boys because uh, they're trying. Dustin Wolf's <laughs> trying his best. He really wants to be there, but he's just not getting the opportunity. And so, really, yeah, holy cow, really. Jamie, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot one last time. We're gonna wrap okay. this off. I'm gonna put you on the spot one last time nashville has a young man named yaroslav Yar- yaroslav askarov yaroslav am i making that up did i forget his name already i think it's yaroslav askarov okay i'm sorry if i immediately mess it up everyone can laugh at me that's a tough one but askarov played 45 games in milwaukee this year do you think they need to keep him in the ahl next year or is he better off playing 20 games in the nhl behind uc saros next year Do you have an answer? He did fine in his NHL game against Montreal. So just let him play, I guess. And if he does terrible, then send him back. But is he going to get that much better? That's what I that's what I mean, right? And this is this is what I always say too, right? Is do goalies get better or do they just get acclimated? Are they just used to the game? And right? Like it's and again, we talk about this too, Is and you can kind of see this probably more at like a major junior level when there's lots of turnover um, mm-hmm. season to season. But like you can have a goalie have like a really great year one year and then the team loses three of their defensemen and now their numbers go just straight down, right? Because yeah. now you're playing, you're on the same team, but you're playing a totally different game because of the people who are in front of you. And I'm sure you saw that too. You talked about that, the difference between like, you know where guys are going to be in the AHL. You have no idea where guys are going to be in the ECHL. Yeah, no, right. Exactly. It's, it's, this is a conundrum that I don't, I don't think a lot of people talk about. I don't know if anyone's, until you had brought that up. Um, I don't think I've ever considered it. I just assumed that it was. And then when we look at it this way, maybe it's just a place to play. It, it, there's, it's just a spot to either keep people or you grab a thirty-three-year-old to to hang out. It's a lot. It's a lot quicker of a flight from Cincinnati to Nashville than it is from Gothenburg, Sweden to Nashville. <laughs> it sure is, Jamie. But uh, thank you, everyone, 
for for listening as always we're really curious to hear what people think if there's any ahl super fans or anyone who's looked into tracking kind of career projections out of a the ahl contact me i'm interested um yeah, please don't contact me because <laughs> i am significantly less interested if ben is the stats guy <laughs> um yeah because like, at the end of the day right like it's it's one of those things where that system is it's not changing anytime soon, I don't think. I don't think the way we treat AHL goalies is going to change anytime in the future, especially since if those people didn't know, sometimes NHL and AHL teams aren't owned by the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is inconsistencies between order desires and coordination. But yeah, uh, if you're on a podcast app, again, hit that subscribe button, send it to a friend. If you're on YouTube, that like button is Jamie's best friend. If you're on Patreon, send me a PayPal offer instead of signing up for Jamie's Patreon. I would appreciate it. I don't get any money off that, but also then go sign up for Jamie's Patreon as well. Jamie, I've tried to shill out for you. Do you have anything final to say? No, thanks for thanks for selling your soul. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening, watching. We do appreciate it. We do appreciate all the comments, the shares and stuff. Uh, um, see you guys next week. Until next time. 